Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. It's a fun place to golf. It's a different atmosphere. It's a really nice course. And it's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole, whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado. I think you can just see the mountains, you see the golf course. You know, kind of like Cheers. Everybody knows your name and your handicap. That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls or check them out online at raccooncreek.com. And welcome into another episode of the BSN Avalanche podcast. I am your host today, AJ Hayfley, alongside old friend of the show, Luke from Winnipeg. Luke, it's funny that we we know you as the guy from Winnipeg, but recently you added a little one to your stable there at home. How's she doing? She is doing awesome, man. And we are, we are pretty excited to have her. And uh, little Pippa is doing great. She eats, sleeps, and poops a lot. Yeah, I imagine that that cycle is going to be repeated for a long, long, long time from her. Oh, yes. I'm pretty, yeah, she will. <laughs> she better. <laughs> healthy baby means healthy and happy everyone else. That's right. Well, I just wanted to say congratulations on adding the little uh, the little Labs fan to the stable. We uh, we're all very excited for you, and uh, we uh, you know speaking on on at least for myself here, I'm thoroughly pleased that you're the one losing sleep and not me. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, the <laughs> this, the scream fest at three a.m. are just lovely. Well, it's, you know, it's great. It's just one of those things, buddy. All we right. are here going to get into some draft stuff. I've had uh, I've had uh, Nathan Rudolph here to talk a lot about many different draft topics, but today Luke is joining me. We are kicking this week off with kind of a three-headed monster coming out of the WHL and what the NHL is going to do in terms of evaluating them. There's been a lot of conversation, and, and at different times, I thought that each one of these guys would be Colorado's pick uh, wherever it ended up landing. Now that we know that it's the fourth pick, and now that this process has started to shake itself out a bit, with only the combine remaining this week, we were pretty confident really looking that these, these, these three guys may not even be part of the conversation anymore. Yeah, it's it's weird because I, I listened to our last podcast we did in January like, a few weeks ago, and it was it was mm-hmm. all cousins. And then Doc was mm-hmm. in the middle of his slump where we're going. Uh, yeah, where he disappeared, he just, like, and it was like, okay, well, Doc is no longer in this yeah, conversation. Really, he he legitimately fell out of the top fifteen. Like people are like, nah, it's it's just not here. He's not gonna be able to translate it. And then he came storming back. And you looked at him in the playoffs, and you're like, mm-hmm. 
okay, there's something here. Holy shit. And then Cousins, who just been, you know, he, he was the top guy. He, he'd been consistent throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at him going, but is there, is there more? Is there more? So I, I think the combine is going to be really interesting for all three. I think there's going to be lots of questions to each of them. And it, I'd love to be in a fly on the wall for them. But well, let's uh let's get into cousins here. We're gonna dedicate this first segment here, um, to to cousins. I know that I told <laughs> you that we weren't gonna do that, but I just decided since we're already in this room, let's do this. Dylan Cousins is. It seems like, as you mentioned, he was the most consistent throughout the season. Uh, of the guys uh, of these three, he certainly mm-hmm. played on the best team. Um. What what is it about him right now? And then he went to U18s and he had a, he had a solid U18s. But what is it about him right now that he seems to be losing a little bit of steam as in this but process? For me it's he 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 just doesn't do anything that stands out. Like you like he's a great skater. That's awesome. He can put up points. That's awesome, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have that elite aspect to his game that, you know, the other two have. And I think that's pulling the, you know, everyone's reins back on him going, okay, you're good here. You're muscling, you know, kids off pucks. Can you do that in the next level? And like, like to me, that's the biggest thing. Like he's a solid player. Don't get me wrong. Solid player, solid kid, put up great numbers. But when, when he needed to step up his game, like when it came to the end of the year and playoffs, he didn't, he was good. He did exactly what he was doing throughout the rest of the year, but he didn't find that next level, which you really want to find, especially if you're picking in the top five. Well, the, it, yeah. what you're saying is there was no extra gear there. You know, the the lights mm-hmm. got brightest, and yeah. he just kept humming along, and nothing changed. You know, and, and for me, in one way, that's a good thing, because you know that he's not going to shrink from the moment. Yeah. But in another way, you do you do wonder. You know, there are some guys who who do look at the postseason and they do mm-hmm. step up and, and it's it's very different for them. You know, those lights get on and, and that situation gets bigger and the stage, you know, the stage is, is everything and they just they're they're okay. Like they're just they're okay. That's he's the same guy. And I do wonder, you know, how much of that is a legitimate problem because that's in in my, I've always been very iffy yeah. on, you know, Oh, well, what does he do in the playoffs? You know, what is, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's go time. And you, you know, this is the biggest situations and, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're always talking about really small samples of play. You're, you're talking like 10 games here, 12 games there, you know, th- you know, small samples of that. And, it's always it's always been something I've been like, you got to be realistic here, you know. Like the, you're not going to score in every game, and you know when when the playoffs roll around, it's it's you know not every not every great player is going to play great. We 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 see it all the time, you know. Every year in mm-hmm. in the postseason, there are some great players who just struggle, you know. For from an Avs perspective, we watch Johnny Gaudreau absolutely yeah. have the worst five game stretch he had all year totally struggled and totally disappeared 
uh, and there was, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You just don't, you don't know what the deal is there. Um, and with Cousins, that did not happen. It was not like he disappeared. No, but, but he he didn't find that extra gear to be a difference maker, which right, which which really it's it's nothing. It's not bad, but when you're picking as high as the abs are at four, you you want to see that extra step, like. To me, it also signifies, oh, when you know you hit the next level, like whether it be he finishes out his junior career, goes to the AHL, can he step up to that level? Can he step up when he comes to training camp and you know the NHL, and can he, you know, make a difference, make some, make them, you know, the coaching staffs, whoever they may be, be like, wow, we've got something here. Can he stick around? But he just, it just didn't happen, and it, it, it makes you wonder if maybe he's just. Mr. Consistent, that's great, but mm-hmm. Mr. Consistent doesn't win your playoff rounds. <laughs> you, you need that How? extra. You need you need that difference. I just didn't see it. You need well, and when you're picking in top five, you're looking to get a star player. Here. Yes, you're looking to get a horse that you can attach your franchise to, and say, "All right, let's go, let's giddy up and go." Yeah. Now, Colorado is in a weird spot where. Uh, I, I don't want to say weird, but a unique spot where they don't necessarily need that. They have Nathan McKinnon. They have Miko Rantanen. Yeah. You know, they have young stars on defense. So they they aren't sitting here desperately needing a guy to come and save them. Yeah. But if there's a guy that has that ability, has that kind of next level, uh, then and, and it's not this kid, then he shouldn't be the guy at four, flat no, out. It's... And and like like I said, we we've got McKinnon, Ratton, and Landeskog, and they're, they're going to step up. And and you saw it; they did. But what happens when the other team's top line defense, and all they do is just kind of take them out of the game enough where you have to rely on that second line? And if that line just can't take it up to the playoff level you need it to, what what are you doing? Right then. Then I mean, obviously you have an issue, and we saw we saw a little bit of that. You know, Colin Wilson yes. on the second line this year stepped up. He was the guy that that walked into that into that void and was like, "All right, I got this." And you know, game six, yeah. JT Confer had a three point night. You know, games mm-hmm. games five, six, and seven, Tyson Joe scored a goal in each of those games. So they definitely, you, you know, the Avs definitely have some young guys who I think, and I with Confer and Jost. We saw those guys, they've come through a bunch of times young, you know, earlier on in their careers in, in you know, other places, obviously, not the NHL. Uh, we saw them, we, we saw them come up big in, in lots of situations. There were, they were guys that had that, 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 that little gear in, in those, those bigger games. And so I think it's interesting that that's, I didn't know this is where our conversation was headed. I, <laughs> I always find this to be fascinating because it's not, it's not quantifiable and it's not something that you can really, it's, it's almost hard to express when you get into it that, you know, this is, there's just an it factor about a guy. And I think that when we talk about that it factor of the three guys that we are talking about today, I honestly think Krebs is the one that has it. Yeah, I will agree. It's, which is interesting because I, I, I don't necessarily think Doc doesn't have it. We just haven't seen very many opportunities for it. 
and flashed it. Right. Like it's, it's, that's a good way to put it. He's flashed it. So with cousins, um, I'm going to wrap, wrap up our conversation sort of in a different direction here. I want to, I want to ask your thoughts on this because for me, this has been a big reason why I've slowly worked my way out of being a big Dylan cousins fan uh, at four. Like this is still Dylan cousins is still a top 10 prospect. Yes. Um, And and I, I fully expect he probably gets drafted somewhere in the top 15. Um, Well, that will happen. He'll get drafted somewhere in there, Mm -hmm. but he's also a guy that I think could be that odd guy out that like maybe drops to 11, you know, because the team is going to love a defenseman or something. They're going to talk themselves into something else. And I think one, I think one of the reasons why cousins is, is and Boldy is the other guy that I think those are the two guys that I think could easily slide their way out of the top 10 if a team falls in love with somebody else. Okay. Uh, and it's, and it's because of the wing, the fact that the, he's a wing in the NHL. I don't think he's a center in the NHL. That's yeah. And that was something I wanted to bring up as well is I don't see him as the center position. I, I think he's much better served as a, as a right winger. And then you start looking at the depth that, you know, Colorado has on right wing. You got Rantanen, you got Kaut coming up. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you might have, you know, a big free agent coming in, you know, this summer who's going to fill that yeah. void. And where does he fit then? Like you could say, well, he's he's going to be a center. Well, okay, then what? He only played he played center this year, like forty three games, mm-hmm. which is great. But he did it against second line guys, which is fine, right? Mm-hmm. He put up points. He put up, you know, he did, he did really well five on five. But it, you know, that's that's right. not top line guys that Doc and Krebs were playing against every night. Like that's like to me, that's a bit of a difference as well. And then you know, you look at his power play points, which fine, but you know. They're a solid, yeah. you know, a tenth less than yeah, the I, other two. It's just, no, I, I, I do think the, it, it comes out. It's just that. Go ahead. It's that it factor. It's, it's that pure it factor. When you look at him, it's it's solid. It's there. He there's moments, but it's just it, it's not enough. You, he needs someone around him that's that has it to bring out the best in him. And I don't think Colorado's set up for it. And I don't think they have it in their system yet, and I just don't see him bringing that it factor out in other people either. You know, it's and it was funny. Uh, he played on a line with Krebs at U18s, and look who led the team. Well, in, Krebs and Newha. Yeah, and look who led that team in scoring, like that that entire line. Yeah, and take out the Latvia game where he had what three or four points. Yeah, he only had that that drops him down to a point a game. And yeah. you know what? Like, good, good for you for smacking around in Latvia. You should have, <laughs> but <laughs> like, you, you were the third dog on that line. Yeah. And there were specific plays designed to bring out your strengths, and the rest of the time you were just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did think that the U eighteen performance was really interesting because I thought both Krebs and Newhook looked like they were just on a bit of a different level new new hook really impressed me yeah i loved new hook at u18s it and that that's another guy that you talk about beginning of the year 
and he he didn't make the the Holenka tournament. Like he just he just right. flat out didn't make it. And, and granted, that was a good Canadian team. Like that was a stacked yeah. team too. And he didn't make it. And then he had a you know a kind of a slow start. And then he hit you know New Year's, and it just started clicking. And he's been amazing since. And he's gone from when, you know the end like the thirtieth kind of like the end of the first round to some people are talking possibly sneaking into the top 10 like that's like he's just he's just blown people away with what he's done the last six months well and he's a center too like he's and he's gonna be a center he's a translatable center that's that's he's a center going to play center yes and i can't stress how important that value is uh when nhl teams are looking at these guys and Oh, you know, a goal scoring wing, that's nice to have. Like those are you obviously need those. Those are great. But unless they're elite, 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 they're gonna lose out when teams are comparing wing versus center. Yeah. So it's it's not irrelevant. And with cousins, I think that's the biggest reason why I've slowly moved down on him. I do think he's a right wing. Uh, and I do think that. You know, I he's he's probably I would probably play him ahead of Martin Kaut, uh, to be honest. But at the same time, like I and and like if your right wing depth is Rantanen, Cousins, and Kaut, like you have a really good right yep. wing depth. Like that's that's you're dangerous and you're gonna be able to go to war with that. That's great. But when you're choosing the right wing depth over the center depth or the defensive depth, I think that's where your priorities got misaligned. And you might have made that wrong decision. If Colorado was picking in the seven or eight range, this conversation is completely different. It's it's a lot different. Yeah, it, it's not, and I, and I don't like. It's, it's not like I'm saying he's a bad player. Of course, anything like he's 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 a great player. And you know, whoever drafts is not just getting a great player; they're getting a great kid as well. Like he's an awesome dude. But you're picking at four. You you're not looking for this you know solid this solid that you're looking for someone hey if i put him on the ice he's gonna do something that's gonna wow people like with his hands or he's got blazing speed and the brain to you know keep up with it you're you're not drafting a guy who's oh yeah he's good he's a great second liner that's that's cool but what what did he do right like you don't want to be you don't want to be at the end of the game going oh he was there yeah he had an assist that's great but what else did he do and i, I just he didn't do anything. And I think, I think, yeah, if, if we're in six or seven, great. I think this is a totally different conversation, but yeah. at four, you want that guy. You want, you want to put his face on a billboard in front of your arena. He, you want him to be in that conversation with, you know, McCarr and McKinnon as this is the next wave coming through Colorado. Like that's what you want. Right. Right. So Dylan Cousins, fair to say we're on the same page with him. Um, like the kid, like the prospect, not in the top five. No. All right. I think that's going to go ahead and do it for our first segment here. I have got to tell you guys all about some game-changing coffee. <laughs> Strava Craft is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives with incredible reviews that you've already no doubt checked out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and it's helped decrease anxiety, you name it. 
CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. This coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today. Receive 20% off. When you use promo code BSN2019 at checkout, you'll get it shipped straight to your door. That does it for segment number one here of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Bev. I am AJ. He is Luke. We will be back on the other side to talk about Kirby Doc. All right. Welcome back in segment number two here of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am the host today, AJ Hayfley, hanging out with Luke, who uh, I guess I guess I can use your last name. You totally uh, can. It's it's all over Mile High Hockey these days <laughs> since uh, apparently you've decided to unwittingly put yourself in the media war here. Oh, I, I, uh, between everybody. Uh, yeah, I was. You know, they're, they're they're pretty cool people there. They've been very nice to me, and they said, hey, do you want to write about WHL guys? I said, sure, I'll try my best. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so you, then you write it, and then you start reading through the comments, and you go, oh, maybe I made a mistake, because now I'm getting DM'd by random like, people telling me huh. I suck. I'm like, well, thank you for reading, princess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh... It's, it's it's one of those things where you just kind of shake your head and you're like, I'm just trying to write about some kids yeah. here. Like I'm just writing, this, I'm writing about draft prospects. I'm not, I'm not trying to get involved in anything no. crazy. Uh, certainly I'm not interested in like, I'm happy to compete with other outlets for, for breaking news and stories and stuff like that. But uh, otherwise it's like, there's no reason that BSN and, and the athletic can't coexist and, you know, the Denver Post is still around and will continue to be around. And uh, Burgundy Rainbow and Mile High Hockey are, are uh, Mile High Hockey are not going anywhere. It's, you know, it's 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 strange to me that the the media wars are almost entirely made up of of people who have picked sides. Yeah. Which, if they're on your side, awesome. <laughs> and if they're not, but when they're not, you're just you're just sort of like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's some of the DMs I've gotten have been real, real fantastic. And then you get the one where, oh, how do I get into this? And I go, I don't know, just start writing on fan pages or something. And then they're like, but I don't want to write for them. I want to write for X, Y, Z. And it's like, can't help you, man. I, I don't know. You can't be that picky. Uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody's willing to give you an opportunity and a platform, go for it. So, yeah, I think that that's that's it. If you get an opportunity, take it. And hey, they gave me an opportunity, run them with it, see where it goes. All right. Well, and where we're going is uh, not that far away from Dylan Cousins, as we're going to stay in the WHL, and we're going to get into Kirby Doc. Sweet deal. This is. Boy, what do you say about Kirby Doc? Uh, I have been a big fan for a long time, so mm-hmm. it's for me. It's always important that I put my biases out there in front, and you know, <laughs> I've been I've been a big Kirby Doc fan for a handful of years now. I've really enjoyed watching his uh, WHL career develop and play out. Uh, I think he's a great kid and a hell of a hockey player, and I'm excited to see where things go here. So. Um, Kirby Doc, Saskatoon Blades, 73 points in 62 games played, 25 goals, 48 assists, 
10, 10 playoff games, uh, five goals, three assists, eight points. Unlike just, Dylan Cousins, was not a point-per-game player in the postseason. Oh, Let's just start there. He was because injured. Because if that's, if that's all I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm going to say, why is Luke saying that Dylan Cousins doesn't have an it factor when he outscored uh, Kirby Deck in the postseason? Uh, you know, he, well, they each had eight points, but uh, Cousins did it in seven games. Doc did it in 10. Yeah. So you were talking about it factor. Let's just start there since that was such a big part of last segment. Kirby Dak in the postseason helped himself enormously uh, with with uh, playing through injury and being quite effective doing so. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I think that's important to spell out. He He, he was injured. Or got injured. I'm not entirely sure which. I've not been told. But I do know there was one game where he, he left. I think it was the second last game. And they were up. He got... I believe they were up anyway. And he, he got hurt. And they lost the game. And that was the end. You know, they lost against uh, Prince Albert in the next game. And that was the end of it. But it's, I do think it's important to say that he, he was hurt. There's a reason why he didn't go to U18s. Like, it was significant enough where he couldn't. I don't... Like, yeah. And they announced that immediately after they lost. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, as soon as he lost, maybe, he ain't going anywhere. He's hurt. Yep. Boom. It was... And uh, I, I should also say, uh, we have... Uh, you know, we did our interview with Bowen Byram um, a couple days ago, last week. And... Uh, we also reached out to Saskatoon to talk to Doc, and they shut him down. All media availability blacked out. Yeah, uh, they are not letting him talk to anybody while he's still hurt. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting because uh, I guess the the combine's a week away, and I, there, there's gonna be yeah, it's gonna, and I, I mean it's gonna come out then. Wow, I don't say it should exactly. He's like, gonna be there. It's going to be something that happens. It's gonna be a conversation. Yeah. So. Um, that's, that's really kind of his story, uh, was, you know, they, he did not go deep into the postseason. Uh, it's kind of strange of these three stud guys that we're talking about out of the WHL. None of them did. No, it, you know, outside of, I guess, you know, the defenseman who you spoke about Lentz last podcast and Bram, but yeah, these guys just couldn't, couldn't do it. And uh, which is weird and kind of strange because I really thought Lethbridge had a really good opportunity to do some damage this year because they, they, they made that big trade yeah. with uh, uh, Regina, which they got Nick Henry back. And yeah. you're looking at like you, you, you knocked yeah. down, you know, Dylan Cousins, who was playing right wing and you knocked him down to your second line. And you're just looking at a team going good. Yeah. Wow. Like you were drooling over that. And then shortly after that, you know, Prince Albert made their big trade just to keep up but yeah sorry i went a little tangent there but it's it's no it's they, uh it was interesting arms race in the whl this year and i was definitely surprised certainly i thought lethbridge was the team that was of of the three of these prospects uh cousins yeah. with lethbridge was the one i thought would go deep um to see doc uh, out early uh, and and Krebs not even get a, uh, a go at it. No, no surprise there for me. They, no, I thought they, they were, were both overmatched. Yeah, it's they. Uh, 
you know, the Saskatoon went against uh, Moose Jaw and beat them in four games. And then they ended up playing, they had a, you know, a six, played six games against Prince Albert, who, you know, who ended up going to the Memorial Cup and uh, failed to win the WHL game yet again. And uh, yeah, but they, you know, Prince Albert was such a powerhouse. Like they were unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, there's there's no shame when you lose to a great team like that. No, and they, uh, they and, took him to and six again, games. like, and Kirby. I mean, Kirby Doc was great. Oh, he was good. He was, and that's that's really where we are here. Is his season was very up and down. You know, he started out the year he was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a lull, uh, very very Abzian of him. Uh, he had a lull in the middle of the year, and then he had to he had to play his way back from that. How much does that disappearing act worry you uh, moving forward? Or was this just a one-off? I really hope it's not a one-off. Or I hope it is the one-off and that's it. But it, it, it really surprised me because he was playing really, really well. And he just, you know, one game turned into two games, turned into four games. And, if I, you know, after game 10 mm-hmm. to, I think, 12, where he had, like, one assist. And you're looking, I'm going, what's going on? And, you know, the the blades were still winning yeah. games. It's not like they were losing. It was just, he wasn't, you know, offense was mm-hmm. not happening. He just wasn't going. And, um, but then he, he came back and, you know, he, he dominated when it mattered because they had to work to get back into the playoff realm. Like they were kind of hovering for a bit. And then the last, I'd say month, they really took off. And that's where Kirby doc for me really found his game back. And he, he, he started dominating games. It wasn't just he was good. He was very, very, very good. And you saw it in in the playoffs, especially. Like There were nights where he was the best player on the ice, not just offensively, but defensively. And, you know, there was that one highlight, I think, that was floating around. I think it was game four, maybe. Maybe game two of of the second round, where he got the puck at center ice and just flat out went into the zone and, goal and you know that was him the entire series until he got hurt (laughs) but what what did we see differently from doc in the postseason uh as opposed to the regular season that maybe makes you think there's a there's an entirely different level here for this kid to still get to um for me he really he started using his body a lot more and he he didn't just you know apathetically you know kind of rub up against someone to take the puck like he forcefully went up to guys smoked them took the puck away and you you could see his game it, it looked a lot more complete but i don't know how to describe it more than that like he was doing a lot more than he was before it's like this is the playoffs i need to step up and mm-hmm. he did it and you know the Saskatoon, it's, it's a good team. They're going to be really good next year. And uh, he, he really kind of asserted himself saying he's the man of that team. Like, you noticed when he was on the ice. And they, were, they just seemed to be a different team when he was there. But he, to me, it was he, he just used his body along with everything else he had. And he just, you could see that next level, you know, in him, which I was really impressed about. So it wasn't like and well, and that's 
Go ahead. That's a big story for him. Yeah. Uh, he's six foot four and 200 pounds. He should be physically dominating these, the, the WHL. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the big, one of the big conversations about him is that he was soft. Yep. He, he was not dominating. He was not physically uh, imposing his will on a league that he should have been, mm-hmm. that he should be absolutely uh, just beating kids up and he should be having his way with them because he's just flat out bigger uh, and, and able to do more. And you combine that with an extremely high skill level, he should be just absolutely destroying and the fact that he didn't do that is a major yeah. red flag for him. And, you know, coming into the season, I know we spoke briefly about him in the beginning of the year, was, you know, his goal scoring. Like, he came in, like, last year he had seven goals. And mm. you're looking at that going, are you, are you for real, son? Like, you you were, like, the first or second <laughs> pick in that draft, and... Uh, huh. Where where's the goals? You scored six and nineteen last year in your little debut. Where the seven? Like, come on. And I think you know right. people started labeling him as a as a playmaker, which he is. Like, he's a phenomenal playmaker. Like the vision in the hands is just unreal. Like right. he might be, you know, outside of you know Jack Hughes, he might be the best passer in this draft. I think that's fair to say. And. You know, coming in, I think, like, the biggest question for me was, can he start scoring goals? And I think he started off the year, I think he had, like, a hat trick in the second game. I think he had five goals and, you know, eight yeah. games. And you're like, okay, here he is. And then that that slump hit. And it's like, Yeah, oh. and, and it's not like a 25-goal season. You're sitting there like, oh, 25 goals. Like, what a bum. But... It definitely, you definitely are wanting a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You know, he is, he's a big, he's a, I mean, he's the engine on that team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bowen Byram, you know, as a defenseman had 26 goals this season. And Kirby Dak has 25. Mm -hmm. Like he got outscored by the defenseman. And for me, I think, you know, one, that really drives home what an amazing season yeah. Byron had, but 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 two, it's that's what's next for yeah. Kirby Dak, is that when we get into that conversation about him, you know, and when he what he translates to in the in the NHL, if if that playoff version of of Dak is the one that shows up in the NHL, and that's going to be who he is seventy nights every season. Um, you have a really, really, really good hockey player on your hands. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you do. Well, and that's, and he's definitely, he would be your 2C behind Nathan McKinnon. No questions asked. No doubt about it. He's, he's got the big body. He would drive the center of the ice. Uh, he would be your star behind McKinnon and would give you, uh, you know, the two fourths of a very nasty center, uh, depth chart. Yeah. He yeah, yeah, he would. <laughs> it's you know, some people have asked who who my kind of comparison for him is, and I I don't like comparables, but you look at the size and you look at you know the hands, and you kind of look at him and you go, wow, that's like Blake Wheeler who's plays center, and you see what Blake Wheeler. Uh, I've always thought he was. I think I think he's good. Yeah, yeah, and 
do, do you want to be playing again? You want that on your team, don't you? <laughs> right. Like, oh, is that is that a bad thing? Like, if you if you could get uh, gets laugh two point behind Nathan McKinnon in his prime, like, okay, that's and that's yeah. the upside. That's why we're talking about him at four. Uh, because this was a guy yeah. that he had slipped down into the rankings quite a bit. The midseason lull pushed him outside the top 10 for a lot of people. And then, you know, it got mm-hmm. better. He he worked his way back up. But the the playoff performance, playing his, you know, playing through injury, playing the style that he did, and with that effectiveness and against that particular opponent. It all kind of came together to say, okay, mm-hmm. well, that light bulb came on. And when yeah. you talked about, we talked about the it factor. You talked about uh, with Cousins going to the next level. We saw, we saw Dak try to do that against Prince Albert. We we yeah. saw him try to try to carry an an, un, an undermanned squad, uh, you know, to to somewhere great. And they got to a game six, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like they. Yeah. Plenty of respect there uh, yeah. for for giving them the the fight that they did. Yeah, like I think, yeah, that's that like that that next level you saw with him, like playing injured, and you know everyone can speculate what it is, but him still managing to put five goals and three assists up, and they were big goals. They weren't just run of the mill goals. They were. I think one of them was the first. One of them was a tying. I think there was a couple game winners in there, and. You, yeah. you saw that next level, which, you know, you want to see. You didn't see the same old Kirby Duck from the, the regular season. You saw something di- You saw a different animal in that kid. And, you know, like you said, he's going to be the guy on that team next year who's going to carry them to places. And that team's just is only going to get better. Like, if, like his brother's showing yeah. up next year. Like, it's going to be real much fun. Yeah, it's... I'm excited to see what comes next for him, but that's, you know, that's why we're talking about that kid yeah. at four is it, he's, he's moved and it's, it's strange. Cause it wasn't anything like that cousins did wrong. No. It was, this was just a case of getting passed by a guy who has great talent is going to play center and uh, put it all together in his very last opportunity to do so. Yeah. My, my, and sometimes that's just how it goes. Yeah. My my only slight concern with him is that he needs to clean up his skating. Like it's it's there. It it certainly isn't like Cousins' is skating where it's he's fast and he you know you would drop him on the ice with Colorado and and you would say he's not out of place no. at all. Like Dak is gonna he's obviously he's not the same not built the no. same way. But I've talked to enough people who swear that swear by his skating that it, it's a work in progress, but it won't prevent him from being a high end NHL player. Uh, he won't ever be very fast, and he won't ever be an elite skater, but it won't keep him from from mm-hmm. being really good. And for me, I'm like, look, Carl Soderberg's not very fast either, and he right. does just fine. If if he can get by, if he can if he can get that body going. Uh, the way that he needs to, uh, and yeah, that's good enough for me, man. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw a big fit about that. Like, that's, like if I had to like flag funny. anything major about like his, like that part of his game, like that's where I'd look. But it's, 
it, it just needs cleaning up and like every prospect coming in. You're gonna have to get bigger, faster, stronger. And he's gonna do that regardless. Yeah, and I mean it's it's completely it's completely fair yeah. to say he needs to work on it. Cause he does. Like all these kids have to work on something. Uh, but that's, I, I don't, I think it's gotten overblown. And I think, uh, I think when a lot of people prefer cousins over doc, it's because they're, they're, yeah, they're making too much of the feat because I don't think it's going to be a problem. We've seen some guys in recent years, mm-hmm. uh, that have had some bad feet, like bad feet and they've turned into quality NHLers, um, you know, like Rasmus Anderson a couple of years ago, the defenseman that that is in <laughs> Calgary now. Ugh. You're talking like his feet were a mess when he was drafted, and he's turned himself into an NHL mm-hmm. player. And those were, I mean, those were bad. Yeah. It's not, and with Dak, it's not bad. It's just he needs to work on it. You know, he's not going to be an explosive uh, skater. He's not real fast. You know, none of that. But, um. No, I'm I'm just not for me, I don't buy that it's a major, major, major problem. It's his biggest red flag, uh, but I don't think it keeps him from being Yeah. Like if he like good. I said, if he hits like in that, reaching his potential. You know, potential like Jesus Christ, that's a hell of a hockey player you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he already is too. Like he's he's gonna be really he's mm-hmm. really good. His skill level is just there. His skill level is yeah. it, he belongs in the top five of any draft class. Like he's very 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 good. So that's gonna do it here. We're gonna we're gonna transition away from cousins. We're gonna transition away from Doc, and we're gonna talk about the other guy. Peyton Krebs, why you and I love him more than all the other ones. And we're not alone in that. There are, I know that there are other people out there who prefer Krebs over both of these guys. So uh, I think this is, this is a a fascinating conversation. I'm excited to get into this next segment. Uh, Before we do that, I just want to tell you guys about our great presenting sponsor, total beverage, which always has a really awesome deal for our BSN listeners. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all the parties that you may be having and have it delivered straight to your door. That does it for segment number two here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am AJ. He is Luke. We'll be back in their side to talk about Peyton Krebs and why the world is sleeping on him. Welcome back in third and final segment here of uh, the Monday edition of the BSN Avalanche podcast. All right, let's get into this. Luke, Peyton Krebs, the third and final guy we're going to talk about from the WHL has been listed outside the top 10. On uh, on some of these draft boards, why are they wrong, and why is he worthy of a top five pick? First and foremost, because he's going to be playing in Winnipeg this coming year, and I am super excited to see him every game. 
<laughs> I'm also excited that the ice moved I to Winnipeg pumped. because I have multiple reasons to go to Winnipeg now. So if Colorado would draft Krebs, uh, that would really make yeah. it great for me. Just so purely selfishly speaking, that would be great if he was there. And uh, I could go see the ice play and not have to watch yes. a Jets game. You know what? As much as I don't give a shit about the Jets, I'm going to be caring a lot more about the ice. And they have Carson Lambos who's going to be playing, which he's a stud defenseman. So, yeah, Krebs. Krebs. Um, we both like him. We both, we both have talked about, hey, maybe the Avs should consider drafting this kid. Uh, right, you know, just just do that. Just yeah. draft him and call it a day. Why would that be a good idea? Uh, first, um, he, he he's just exceptionally good at everything. Um, he's he's a brilliant skater. He's got really high end skill. Um. He plays all three zones, which I think he's kind of been forced into. Um, when he first came into the league, he was a wing, and they needed a center. He decided to become a center mm-hmm. and did really well with it. Um, he's got super, super high IQ. He's got great hockey sense. Um, and I think to really cap it all off, he he probably has the highest character traits like what you want in a franchise you know centerman as a as a person like he's got it i mean he's he was like already captain of the ice this year and then that uh the the u18 team he was captain of as well yeah yeah he's it's it's all skill all skating all character with him and he's he's a phenomenal dude like i've met him twice and he's he's just a good dude. Like you remember when Tyson Jost got drafted, and I, th- I think it was Bob McKenzie said that he did a poll, and everyone said the best interviewer was Tyson Jost. I, I bet you he's going to have that same Ooh. same thing said about him. Tyson Jost famously uh, worked his way into Colorado's hearts and minds uh, with his combine interview. And it played a big role in why they took him 10th. Uh, You and I expect something similar to happen with Peyton Krebs for him to go into the interview process at the combine this week and absolutely kill and come out of there with a much higher ranking on NHL team sports. Yes, I, I fully expect it to happen. I will say when talking about that story from Jost, that's the player most of his biggest detractors uh compare him to is Tyson Jost. How fair are those comparisons? Um I can see where they're coming from. Um but I, I think Peyton Krebs has got another level within his game. I think I think he's a better skater. Um I do think he's got a better shot. I think the vision's similar um, and I do think he's, and I, I, I don't, I don't remember how good Tyson Jost was defensively in the BCHL just because it's so offensively driven, but Payne Krebs has that three zone, you know, 
dominance. Like he can play your penalty kill, and you know something's going to happen offensively while you're on the while he's on the uh, penalty kill. Like he'll drive it into the other team's zone, and I think that kind of separates him for me. But you know, I, I'd say the character is you know spot on with the type of guy you're going to get. How different would this conversation be if Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins switch teams? I think you're looking at Peyton Krebs being closer to a like an 80 point guy. Would he be closer to Alex Turcott on draft boards? Yes. I think like you watched him in the Let's put it out there, like to start. He the Kootenai team this year was garbage. Like he he was everything for that team. Like he was the he he was everything. Not like they didn't have him. Like I don't think they win a game. Like that's how bad they were. They were thirteen and forty five. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are going to go, well, he was minus 50. I'm like, dude, he was on the ice for everything. Is, is it his problem his goalie couldn't stop a puck? Is it his problem that they he's gave up? They gave up 324 goals this year in 68 games. Yeah, that, that's bad. That's next level bad. But you, I think, yeah, put, it, put, put him on Saskatoon's team. He, he's automatically a I think he, you're surrounding with better players. You put him on Dylan Cousins' team and you switch them out. He's, I think he's the same kind of guy, but you put him with different guys who can finish, who can pass better. And you're looking at his point totals, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're hitting the 80s. Like he had 68 this year. Um, he had 19 goals, 49 assists. Um, you know, I, I bet you he's at least 80, if not 90. And uh, so the the real answer to my question is it's a, it would make it would have made a significant yeah. difference. And, and to flip that, would Dylan Cousins be the same player on on Kootenai's team or Kirby Doc? Would would those two be the same player that they are now if they switch with Payne Krebs? Would they be better than Payne Krebs would have been? And I don't think they would have been personally. But you think Krebs would have taken steps forward and been better? Yeah. I, I, than I those think other guys. Peyton Krebs would have hit Cody Glass type numbers in his draft year. That ugh. personally, I think that would have forced him <laughs> into the top five conversation. So, yeah, I, I, th- I would, yeah, I think then you're having the legitimate conversation of, you know, there's there's Jack Hughes and Kakao. Then for me, it's. It's Turcotte and then, you know, Krebs. Byram. And, but if Krebs had done that and was in that situation, uh, you, you're flip-flopping between Turcotte and Krebs. Like you saw him at the, uh, the CHL showcase game in Red Deer. And he was brilliant. It's funny how you put good players around him and he not only elevates his game, but he elevates their games. Like he made... You know, Arthur Kellyev looked good. <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know, discount anything from him, but suddenly Arthur Kellyev is doing, like, he's forechecking? He's backchecking? Where, where, where's this in Hamilton? And you, yeah. you look at Peyton Krebs, and he, he's right there. 
and he's he's the first guy back. He's the first one in the zone, and he's you're, you're just looking at that next level that he took, and then you're like, all right, maybe he isn't as you know, he's not what the numbers look like. And then he went, then he was he went to U18s, captain of the team, and but he had like ten points in seven games or something like that, and he was the best player on the ice. Yeah. That was really what I was. I was already really high on Krebs, and then he goes to U eighteens yeah. and he centers a line with Newhook and Cousins, and he centered it. That I think that's important. He was the guy who centered it, except in certain situations. But he was the guy who brought those two together. Right, brought that's that a line, line together. With, that's a line with three centers on it, and they dropped Krebs in the middle of it. Yeah, like there was. There was two specific times he wasn't the center, and both those times were he was he was told to he was on the outside, and he was he went he Dylan Cousins purposely lost the face off. He basically pushed it forward so Krebs could get it. Dylan Cousins would go into the high slot. Newhook would go and stay around the net, and Krebs would find the open guy. And if he couldn't find him, it was a quick shot. And that's how they scored like four goals between the three of them. And it was it was all Krebs doing all the work, going into the corner, getting the puck, finding the open guy, and hoping something happened. Where does we'll wrap this up with where do you ultimately think Peyton Krebs gets drafted? <laughs> Obviously, we still have a month in the process. You know, there's still you know anything could still happen. You never know when something awful is going to come out, and you know maybe maybe one of these kids is is uh, not the greatest kid in the world and you know what who knows you never you never know what's going to happen in the last no, month here uh, is what i'm saying no you and, don't i i think the combine interview is really going to elevate him i think that's uh i i think that's going to force a lot more teams to go <clears throat> dang this, this this kid could not only be a franchise center you you could put a c on him in 4 years 5 years and what is his ultimate upside, though? Of these three guys that we've talked about, what is his ultimate upside? I think he's going to be all-around center that can do everything that has potential to hit point per game. Um, I think Kirby Dot probably is the highest, highest upside of them all. But he also has the, if it doesn't fully work, it it, it could be, it might be a, a pick you're looking at that like, should be an 80 point guy might be a 50 point and he's going to score you, you know, 35 assists. Um, I think he has close to the highest upside Krebs does. And I just, he, he just doesn't have that as elite aspect as doc does, but he's, he's not far behind. If that makes any sense. Okay. <laughs> like I think I'll ask um since I didn't I didn't give you an actual chance to answer this one. Where does he get drafted? I I really want him at four if Turcotte's not there. Um I I think he, he gets drafted in the top ten. I I personally think he goes to Buffalo. Buffalo needs a lot of things, but I think most mm-hmm. important they need they need some solid character in that room. Mm-hmm. And they, they desperately need a 2C. Someone behind Jack Eichel. And I'm I'm not convinced middle stats that guy. And I think <laughs> this guy is this guy is the guy. 
Why did they just give Ryan O'Reilly away no. for free? <laughs> they didn't have to do that. And they need to, and now all the conversations surrounding him are all about them replacing Ryan O'Reilly yeah. with Ryan O'Reilly clones. Why did they get rid of him for no reason? He didn't request well, out. He wasn't a huge problem. No. He wasn't why they were bad. St- I don't understand. I'll give St. Louis what all the credit in the world. You stole that trade, and you're going to the Stanley Cup final. Like, come on, buddy. Oh but like, what are you doing, God. Buffalo? Like, he made one comment about how hockey wasn't fun. I bet you you went up to Nathan McKinnon or Duchesne or anybody in that really bad, unforespeakable year. They would have said, yeah, hockey wasn't fun this past year. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, <sighs> what did you expect? You, you guys were garbage. Like, thanks, just Buffalo. Because, just because I know my guy Spencer is listening. Uh, and P.S., shout out, uh, both you and Spencer will be at the draft, and we will all be hanging out together in Vancouver <laughs> in a month. Heck I'm very yeah. much looking forward to that. Um. I hear but because he's buying listening, beer all week. Yeah, I uh, I have also heard the rumor that Spencer that drinks are on Spencer. I like this. So, um, because he's listening, he'll I know he'll he'll text me this later if I don't ask the question. <laughs> so I'll ask the question so he doesn't have to. If Krebs drops out of the top ten, or even let's say he gets to Vancouver at ten. How hard should Colorado be working to try and move up from 16? I'd be trading away their 16th pick and their first round pick next year to do it. Oh, oh my God. I, I'm, I'm doing it. Like That's all in, my man. I was expecting I'm, like, oh, I'll, I'll give 16 in Ottawa's third, which is the first pick of the third round. I, uh, I'm not, I'm to, not to too concerned. Up, but... I'm not too concerned about the 31st pick next year, so... <laughs> I'm not too concerned, <laughs> but no, it, 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 and that's right. It's my man. It, yeah, no, I am. I am working the phones. I think if like Colorado coming into the draft, I think there's there's certain questions that need to be answered. I think they need to figure out the Tyson mm-hmm. Berry thing. I, I definitely think they need to figure it out. And I think if you're if if he's expressed he wants to wait. I would strongly, strongly consider saying, we'll give you Tyson Berry for that pick. And, you know, other things. Oh. And if Payne Krebs is still on the board, I, I'm seriously looking at that. And that might be a little okay. out. Like, I'm like I'm serious. Like, go, what it takes, I'm, I'm doing it. So, <clears throat> so what you're saying is, if Colorado walked out of the draft with Bowen Byram at four and Peyton Krebs at ten, um, that's a good day, regardless that's of how they got there. Great day. You're singing something on something on on your lips when you leave. Joe, Joe Sackett could legitimately trade away all the other picks. Like, ah, look at look what I got. He won't, but <laughs> like he he that that that's a hell of a haul. Like even even at 16 and he's not there. Let's you know slightly speculate. Let's say new hooks there. Hell yeah. Another wickedly yeah. highly skilled, fast, high character guy who's probably just a slight notch below Peyton Krebs. You know, in my book. Like, that's that's a hell of a draft day. But, you know, if, if he's there at 10, and I kind of think Vancouver's going to go defense, I think they need to round that out. 
you know, even at, you know, 11, 12, like what, what, what you have, do it, just do it. Do the Ben Stiller, do it face. Mm -hmm. okay well uh that's about as fire a note as we're going to get to to ending on this show so let's just do that there uh because that's that's as big and bold as we could possibly go uh luke i do want to thank you for coming on to the show and spending the time with me today uh i would love to get you on at least one more time before draft day rolls around I'd love to do like a big, like a big, like round table, like mock draft where we get a bunch of us involved in it and we all kind of go back and forth and it's a little bit of a longer show, but it's, uh, you know, it's very free flowing conversation and, and it's very hockey intensive. Um, I'm not sure how we would get you in on that one. It might have to wait until the actual draft itself when I'm there yeah. and you and I are going to be in the same house. Uh, and we are going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to be doing work while I'm there. So maybe you and I will just have to record a podcast together from the, from site on the on site in Vancouver, uh, after things have gone down. So I like the sound. Maybe that's, this. maybe that's where we are. So, uh, but I do really, uh, want to thank you for coming on and, uh, and helping me out with the episode today. Uh, any, any final thoughts, any shout outs, any, anywhere you want to plug any of your stuff, feel free to do that now. Um, well, first, thank you very much for ha- having me on. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's weird hearing my voice when I will hear it, and then I'll go back and nitpick it. Um, uh, my slight plug is I am doing a few WHL prospect reports on for Mile High. Um, I have a Cousins one out. I have a Krebs one out. There's a Bowen Byram one coming out, you know. There you go. So you, you'll you'll see it on my Twitter handle. You'll see it on Mile High. It's it was an opportunity. It's great fun. I like it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to go to the draft. I'm excited to hang out with you and you know get get smammered on Spencer's dollar, which seems like a lot of fun. And uh, now Vancouver is gonna be a lot of fun. I, I'm pretty excited for it. So but yeah, this was a lot of fun. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's been my pleasure, sir. I hope uh, I hope everybody that's listening has enjoyed it as well. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will see you guys tomorrow. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network.